Welcome, buckaroos and buckarettes, and everybody listening out there in podcast land to the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. You know, we are so, so glad that you are listening to uh, this uh, episode of the Heretic Happy Hour podcast um, because we are starting a brand new series, Stupid Shit the Bible Says. And let me tell you, this is going to be a wonderful, wonderful series. Just, just trust me, it's going to be great. My name is Keith Giles. Uh, I am one of your many, many co-hosts of this podcast. Uh, I'm the author of several books in the new uh, Jesus, the ongoing Jesus Un series, including Jesus Unforsaken, Unforsaken, Substituting Divine Wrath with Unrelenting Love. And I am joined by my amazing and incredible uh, co-hosts, Matt, Derek, and Katie. Say hello. Hello. Hey, everyone. It's Katie Valentine. I'm the author of Sex, Slavery, and Self-Control. Really excited about doing um, this series. It's been fun to think about all of this. I'm going to say weird, like weird shit the Bible says, and see if we can make it a little less weird or more weird, depending on your persuasion. And a uh, favorite night of the week, the night we all get to record. So happy to be here. Woo-hoo! Katie, Katie, is it is it sex slavery or sex comma slavery? Sex comma slavery. Okay. Comma. All right. Hey, comma Just to clarify. Just to clarify. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like, let's eat grandma or let's eat grandma. Often, if you if you go to Amazon and search for the book, half the time it will show up under like the adult Ooh. section Ooh. because it has because <laughs> it has Ooh, sex hey. in it. So you get more sales that way. You have to be uh, savvy to find it and over eighteen. Oh yeah. Mm. Well, I am Derek Day, and I am the Ron Burgundy of theology. I like scotch, scotchy, scotch, scotch. I'm the author of Deconstructing Religion and the Love Minus Religion blog on Patheos. And I'm also the founder and host of the Forward podcast of the One Institution Media Network. And I, did I mention I like scotch? I think you did. You know, I, I, th- I think I think I'm going to add to Keith's um, series and I'm going to write a book called Jesus Undressed. Oh. Ooh, la, ooh la la! Wow, Derek, yeah. if you're the if you're the Ron Burgundy of the podcast, does that mean anything we put in our notes, you'll just read directly and like <laughs> no and say it no matter what? Because I will you absolutely put this to the test. Okay, gotcha. awesome. That is good to know. Yeah, I'm Ron Burgundy, and that's what? the news. That makes me Matt DiStefano, the author of many books, some of them good, some of them not as good. But one book that is good that I was a part of that we've been bragging about on this show is Before You Lose Your Mind. And it is, guess what, 99 cents, nine ninety nine in paperback, 99 cents on Kindle. And if you've, if you've picked it up, would you give us a review? The reviews are awesome. We really appreciate that. I think it's just helpful to get all these perspectives from different choir authors. If you're deconstructing, even if you have lost your mind, pick that, pick up this book. Maybe you'll regain your mind. I don't know. <laughs> I can't promise anything, but it's possible. So pick that up on Amazon. Super stoked about it and super stoked for, I guess, sometimes stupid shit, sometimes weird shit, whatever this series is going to be. I'm looking forward to it. Fucked up shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, just kidding. No, you're actually, you're not supposed to say that, Derek. Oh, come on. You're not supposed to say what? The, yes, you're not I'm, supposed to say the F word. No, I've heard, you know, we've, I've we've heard, heard, I've heard some things. Yeah. yeah, some people have been saying that they really don't appreciate. Uh, oh, like our listeners, it's not like an FAA thing. Oh, no, it's not an FAA thing. It's not no. like we're not prohibited. Just, okay. you know, a handful, maybe only one Listen. particular person Listen. really doesn't like. Let, let me, I, I have, I have a whole method to my madness and I'm not going to go into it here and now, but for everybody that's listening, let me just say fuck, 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 fuckity, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Our words are carefully selected carefully and vetted, less listeners. We put great care into every oh, single yeah. syllable that we utter. And that's right. Matter in and prayer. if you believe that, if you believe that, write in and tell us. Mm-hmm. We curate every single F-bomb. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with this awesome crew of heretics, you can do so by exercising finger dexterity and dialing 240-343-7379. Once again, 240-343-7379. And I do believe that we have a voicemail. So roll that beautiful voicemail footage. Hey, guys. Um, I was just listening to, what I think it may be a recent, most recent podcast um, with all the... Um, all the pervy, abusive message leavers um, just talking about how horrible you are. You know, you, you got to face it down in order to do anything about it, I understand. But I have to say, you all are my heroes <laughs> for dealing with this garbage. Just want to send love and encouragement. Take care. That is super sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Would you please leave 70 more vo- voicemails like that? <laughs> Just that like that fantastic. one. <laughs> yes, and please support us on Patreon. And, Thank and you. please, yes, <laughs> to make up for all of the uh, whatever, really, you, whatever you want to call that <laughs> that's episode. That's really what would take, make the pain go away. I think right now the only thing that could really take the sting out of it <laughs> and make the pain go away would be, uh, yeah, some, some more Patreon support would be great. If uh, so, listeners who haven't heard the bonus episode may Ooh, want to entertain bonus. yourself. You may want to entertain yourself with that, where there's a long string of voicemails, um, and all all props to Matt, who did masterful re-editing. Yeah, and well, music yeah. musical the selection. Music, oh, the music it. was so the music. Okay, fantastic. the part the part where the the violins start to play the sad. <laughs> no, I laughed no. out loud, dude. It was yeah. so beautiful. Thank there you. Was, that was uh, great. I spent entirely too much time on that episode. <laughs> the producers of LA Law have nothing on you, man. Yeah. Did you did you guys catch when he mentioned Netflix that I put the Netflix oh, yeah. on there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That was great. Nice. Just oh, a little, yeah, but, but Easter egg. With this lovely voicemail today, um, thank you so much. Really, the most of the comments I feel that we get are, are more positive than negative. And right. um, it's it's callers like you. Thank you so much. Um we're um, we're in this to kind of highlight new ways of doing things and leaving old stuff behind. And it uh, sounds like that's what you're doing. So that that's what's inspiring to me. Yeah. And you know what? Really, I think that's true. Unless our producer, uh, Rafael Palindo, is, is sort of protecting us and shielding us somehow and, and not showing us these negative uh, <clears throat> like texts and, and messages on the hotline. As far as uh, I've ever heard, um, it's always been positive. It's always been, you know, really great feedback. So except for this particular one person, who really, really, really wasn't happy with us. Most people, you know, you guys seem to be really appreciative and uh, we really, it means a lot to us. It really does. That you take the time to call the hotline. That's what it's there for. 
And so, you know, please use it. Ask us questions. Let us know what you think. Um, we definitely want the, the hotline to be something that it's for you guys, really. Um, we want you guys to be able to use it to express yourself and let us know what you think and, um, you know, ask us questions you, you're curious about, make suggestions, things like that. Um, please but, use the hotline responsibly. That's all we ask. Don't use, <laughs> don't use the hotline to audition for a choir <laughs> podcasting position. Thank you. Please That's don't all. do that. That's all. <laughs> yeah. and, and props to the wonderful producer, uh, Ralph, because he listened to all the voicemails. This was only a short selection. Oh, a yes. short, short selection. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, we only picked yeah. the highlights. There was yeah. so much that you didn't hear. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What, maybe, yeah. maybe what we'll do is when we get the rush of beautiful, positive yes. voicemails coming in, maybe we'll do another episode. I'm just creating more work for our producer. We'll do another episode filled with all of your glory. That's right. And all of your uh, wonderful stories. So that's a uh, new if, goal. If you do that, Katie Valentine will do a harp track for your entire... I will. I will that's happily that do that. Be, yeah, that would make my job a lot easier. I won't have I, to find silly violin solos. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago, I could have done the violin track too, but be yeah. that as it may. Well, um, cool. So it sounds like we might be ready to call in our heretic of the week. What do you all think? Is it about time? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So this one is going to be just a little bit different. We have a really unusual heretic of the week. So I need everyone, uh, listeners, get comfortable. You might want to kind of settle in. If you're not driving around, maybe close your eyes and take a deep breath. Um, Grab so you your can, Ouija board. <laughs> you're going to need to um, participate along with us just a little bit. So everyone take a deep breath in and listen to this little summoning. <laughs> It's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. lying. It's totally that kind of podcast. Okay. Too <laughs> <laughs> much breathing. Too much breathing. A little air of respect now. A little <laughs> air of respect. Today we call from the past one whose spirit could not but last. They called him a heretic full on. And our heretic today we summon here, Marcion. It's the heretic of the week. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, it's great to be on the podcast. Thank you guys for calling me back from the netherworld. It's really wonderful to be here with all you guys. And, and uh, hey, I just can't wait to, to tell you all about me, myself. My name is Martian, and uh, not Martian. Some people think I'm from Mars or something. It's not Martian. It's Martian, okay? I'm from Turkey, all right? I thought you were from a cartoon in Texas. <laughs> Well, no, listen, hey, listen, up here in heaven, I've been hanging out with some of these people from the South. They're crazy, man, I got to tell you, and I guess you just kind of rubbed off on me or something. But uh, yeah, this is kind of how I talk now. So, uh, you know, plus I had to learn English, you know, it ain't, it ain't an easy language to learn for somebody born in Turkey way back in, you know, the first century. Marcian, I'm from the South, too. Hey, cool. So my, my fellow people are going to be there when I arrive. Oh, there's lots of lots of them beautiful people up there. I mean, they make biscuits and gravy and all kinds of stuff. It's yummy. Jive turkey. <laughs> Mar Marcion, um, yeah. what what do what do we like to ask our guests, living and deceased, is why why are you a heretic? Well, now listen, I I, I don't think I'm a heretic now, but apparently I'm, I'm the first one. I think I was pretty much the first guy to earn that title. So you know, hey, maybe you guys need to give me some royalties or something. Uh, cause I think I invented this thing, this whole shtick, this heretic thing. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, listen, man, listen. All I was doing, I was reading the Old Testament one day, and I'm like, you know, listen, this God in the Old Testament, he sounds like kind of like a son of a bitch or something. Like, he's just kind of mean. He's always in a bad mood. He's like smiting people left and right, sending people all kinds of plagues and opening up the ground and sucking them in and killing them and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I don't think that sounds like Jesus. You know, it sounds kind of weird to me. So, you know, listen, I'm thinking, Maybe that wasn't the same God at all, because I'm reading over here with Jesus, and Jesus talking about his father is, you know, full of love, and he's forgiven, and, you know, he ain't the kind of God like, you know, if you were a prodigal and you ran off and did a bunch of bad stuff and you came back, he wouldn't beat the crap out of you. You know, he'd like love you and forgive you, and like, that sounds really different from that God in the Old Testament. So I said, you know what? I think we're talking about two different gods or something. So that's what I said. And I said, you know, I think maybe they're not the same and they're a little different. That's all I said, you know. And then I just kind of like, I didn't really like all these other gospels that were floating around at the time. Now, these were kind of bestsellers, you know what I mean? They These had just come out. I, and I was kind of reading these different things. Every day you turn around, there was another gospel coming out. And they were just popping them up left and right. And I'm reading this one and that one. I'm like, you know what? I kind of like the gospel of Luke. And I, I you know. I, I kept most of it. I cut some things that I didn't like. But, um, you know, the other ones didn't do it for me too much. And uh, I did like this guy, Paul, and uh, some of his stuff. Uh, not all of it, but, you know, I, I kind of like that. And I kind of made my own little uh, made my own little Bible there. I guess you guys now, you call it a Bible. I didn't use that word. But, um, yeah, you know, I just kind of made my own little scriptures, my own little canon. And, uh, and you know, you'd think I'd like... I don't know, took a big dump on somebody's front lawn or something. I mean, that's all I did. Speaking of dumps, <laughs> number two. What is it that that made you turn from orthodoxy into this? And you, and you did say you had a little cannon, didn't you? I did have a little cannon, that's right. Oh, we'll have to talk about that later there, Marcion. But... Uh, what made you decide to or become heretical? Well, now, listen, I wasn't trying to cause waves or nothing. I wasn't trying to, like, say, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm a big old heretic over here. I mean, that's not what I was doing, really. I was just kind of like saying, look, listen, guys, these two, these are two different gods here. They just don't make sense. And so I'm just, look, look, you got to pick one. And um, and so I just I just picked the Jesus one. I thought that one made more sense to me. And uh, next thing I know, like I said, you know, they're wanting to like string me up and, you know, they're calling me all kinds of names. And, you know, this guy like Tertullian, like this guy's kind of, you know, have you ever read this guy's stuff? I mean, man, he's kind of out there. I don't know. Everyone thinks he's great. I don't know. You heard what he said about women? Like, man, screw that guy. I don't know how he ever gets laid. Did you say you were going to screw that guy? Well, no, you know, I mean, listen. I mean, now now that I get to know him a little bit up there, you know, we've, we have more time to talk. He's not that bad, but man, at the time, he was kind of a, you know, he was kind of a prick. Is is everyone up there, Marcion? Oh, yeah, we're all up here. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, everybody's up here. What you, man, you guys listen. Uh, we're, we're, you know, this guy, God, he's pretty cool. I got to tell you, he's, he's beating better than you think he is. So, Marcion, you have the sort of um, notoriety of being the first person who was a Jesus follower to do something, which is you made the first, um, like you like you were calling it a Bible, like you made the first canon. You selected books that you thought should be in and that you thought shouldn't be in. Um, why did you choose the ones you chose? 
Well, because listen, uh, I really like Jesus. I thought Jesus was really, you know, he was he was kind of like right on, you know, and I felt like, I mean, that's why I'm here. I'm following this Jesus, dude. And so, you know, uh, I, like I said, these gospel books were coming out left and right. And um, I really thought the Luke gospel was, was all right. I mean, not all of it. I, I trimmed it a little bit. Um, and then, you know, um, and then I liked, like I said, you know, there were about 10 of Paul's letters that I thought were pretty good. Some of them, I don't even think he wrote them, to be honest. I think somebody else must have written them. But, um, you know, I, I kind of picked the ones that I thought were more like Jesus, that was more like um, this God who was like loving and, and, and forgiving and that kind of thing. And not the God who was like smiting people and commanding, you know, like split open the bellies of pregnant women and stuff. Like, what the hell is that? I don't see Jesus doing that kind of stuff to you. And listen, that's all I did. And then everybody just kind of, they just kind of lost their shit. I don't know what's going on. But you guys have become friends now. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's all good now. But at the time, I got to tell you, that, that, was, uh, that was some kind of rough stuff. I'm super relieved. Oh, yeah, we're all good now. Well, Marcion, I am just, I'm just blown away that we got you here. I, I, I myself have been called a Marcionite and, um, I can't, I can't understand why I've studied your life and you, you've shed some more light on, on, on who you were as a, as a person. And is there, where can people, where can our listeners get a hold of you? Well, now listen, I, I try not to make too many appearances, to be honest, you know, like they really don't like that when, you know, when you kind of like pop in and out and stuff like that, you know, but, uh, I, I, you know, I cleared it with the big guy. He was all right me coming to check out your podcast. He, he's a fan, by the way. He likes it a lot. Um, but, you know, if you're if you're curious, I'd say, um, you know, you can uh, check out some other things. And, you know, you can Google me. You can Google me. You can find out some of the things that I, I talked about there and check me out there. Um, I didn't write any books or nothing. And even though I did, I am the guy that put together the first Bible. I mean, they never even published the damn thing. I don't know what's going on with that. But so, yeah, you can't really buy that. Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess I'm around. You could... Uh, you could channel me. Sometimes people channel me. You can try that if you want to. Is um is is the uh, God's Twitter? Is that really run by God? Um yeah, you know he's got a he has sort of like a proxy. There's like a guy, you hey, know. Uh, they're, okay. Yeah, he's you. like their buddies. I got you. All right. Yeah, it's been great. You know, thank you guys for having me on the podcast here. We're like I said, we're big fans up in heaven. We never miss an episode. Oh, fantastic! You guys got anything else, Katie, Derek? No, I'm blown away. Thank you for thank you for showing up and illuminating your thought process. And sorry, you know, I I don't know if you know this, but your Bible uh, didn't end up making it. It got way longer, a few centuries uh, after you died. Yeah, you know, that's what I, people have been telling me. You know, new people show up here all the time, and they've been telling me that. Yeah, you guys kind of screwed it up. I mean, you just added all kinds of crazy books, like. Come on, man, that revelation thing, what the hell are you doing? That thing's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. I don't know, man. But uh one, one of the books was even written after you died. I know. It's it's kind of crazy. It's craziness. It is kind of crazy. But you know, listen, guys, I gotta go uh, I gotta go kick Origin's ass in some Texas hold them here. So I gotta I gotta run, guys. But thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Bye, Martian. Bye, right, Martian. See, see you guys. <laughs> bye bye. Cheers, man. Wow, that was really great. I can't believe we got Martian on the show. And, and where was I? I guess I didn't. Hey, where were you? Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't make it for that one. I don't know. Something was going on. In my summoning spell, you you missed it, but there was a subliminal like ex Keith out of the conversation <laughs> and bring Marcion in. So. What what it was was a Marcion possession. 
Well, that's what it was. Yes, I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect that. Um, yeah, I almost lost my shit when you first started talking. <laughs> I, had to, I had to mute myself. <laughs> well, that was fun, and we have uh, we have more of those coming up we, in our series, right? We're gonna a, we're gonna part of our special series. Unfortunately, so yes. <laughs> we're going to call forth from from the great beyond other other past heretics of history. Keith, Keith Sion kind of set the bar high for us here. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Oh, uh, y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> Yeehaw. Oh. So we, right. got, we, we have a topic today. We do. Is that, is that true? Yes, we do. Um, so it's, uh, I, and I love this idea. We just decided to pick this topic of basically, you know, look, the Bible, the Bible is kind of a crazy book. And once in a while, you run across some, some verses in the Bible that you can hardly believe are even in the Bible. Like, what? God said what? Or who said what? What happened? The fuck? So, yeah, it's sort of those moments where we decided to highlight some of what we feel like are some of the weird shit or the stupid shit that uh, that the Bible says. And um, we wanted to just uh, call attention to it. And if there is any way to redeem it, let's redeem it. If there is any way to sort of correct misunderstandings that have kind of floated around some of these verses, we can we'll try to do that. Um, anyway, so what's our first one? What's our first? Uh, wait, wait, I've got another title. Oh, we could call it shit. My heavenly father says, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if I want to assume that God, I want to put that on God because some of these are pretty weird and I'm not sure. I, would I know, but it's, it's, it's funny. That was the, the whole, uh, you know, there, there was, a, it was a thing, you know, yeah, years ago. Yeah, they, thing, right? yeah, they even made a Shatner TV series about a yeah, shit. It lasted my- for like three weeks, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <It did. laughs> yeah. Well, our first, our first one is. Genesis 30. If you have a Bible, if you're listening at home and you have one of those comfort print Bibles that we passed out years ago. Turn in your Bibles, uh, boys and girls. Turn in your Bibles. Ladies and gentlemen. Genesis is the first book. That's right. So you don't have far to go. Yeah. (laughs) Go until you see the big three and the big eight. Yes. 38. We're going to do one through 11. Do we need to read it? Yeah. Well, you got to read at least the weird part of it. There's this one particular part that's pretty weird. Well, I think I think based on our conversations before hitting record, Katie might need us to read the whole thing because this story is, you know, we talk about this story about being about Onan, not Conan the Barbarian, Onan, the seed spiller, right? Or Onan, whatever you want to pronounce it. But Katie has a different suggestion in that. That's not, even, that's not even what the story's about. Yeah, well, how about if I do a quick summary and then we'll read the crazy verses that are in question. Okay. Do it. Let's get to it. So this chapter, Genesis 38, happens in the middle of the Joseph story. The Joseph story of uh, Genesis takes place, uh, chapter 37, when his brothers sell him into slavery, all the way through chapter 50, when um, everything is getting a little bit better. And so there's this strange story in the middle of it. And the story uh, features one of the 12 uh, sons of Jacob, uh, and it starts with it starts with uh, Judah. So Judah has uh, three sons, and the first son is named Ur. E R. Uh, Ur is Ur. wicked. Uh, Ur is wicked in the sight of the Lord. And Did Ur I do is, that? What? Did I do that? Marcia, go back. Oh, that was Urkel. Sorry, never mind. Oh, Ur. You said Ur. Never mind. Wait a second. Did, did he have a brother named Um? <laughs> Ur and Um. Seriously? Oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Ur. Yeah. Um, So Judah's son, Ur, uh, takes a wife and her name is Tamar. But Ur is wicked in the sight of the Lord and God puts him to death. Then uh, Judah's second son, Onan, marries Tamar. 
And this is where we get to the key part of the story. So I'll read this verse. Uh, Judah said to Onan, go into your brother's wife and perform the duty of a brother-in-law to her. Raise up her offspring for your brother. But since Onan knew that offspring would not be his, he spilled his semen on the ground whenever he went to his brother's wife so that he would not give offspring to his brother. What he did was displeasing in the sight of the Lord and he put him to death. So then Judah, after two of his sons have died, wisely says to Tamar, why don't you go back to your father's house and we'll wait for my third son to grow up? The rest of the story is all about how Judah, in fact, does not give his third son to Tamar uh, because uh, he's a little worried the son is going to die. And the rest of the chapter is about how Tamar plays a trick on Judah in order to get um, kind of her widow's rights, to get her inheritance. So there's a long, complicated story that follows about how um, Tamara pretends to be a prostitute, and she entraps Judah yes. in kind of a scheme of her own making. Um, and then she ends up having twin sons by Judah at the end of the story. But what we're kind of, the weirdness of the story that we're talking about is Onan, because this is the verse and this is the story that has been used, uh, used and abused and maybe self-abused, if I can go that far, um, yeah. to keep people from masturbating. So the topic of the day, everyone, is masturbation. So this is one of the key stories that has been used to say that this is sinful, that it's not right to teach people not to masturbate. And uh, yeah, we, we just can't wait to get into this. Uh, and I threw it on the ground. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> there we have it in a nutshell. Help me understand, guys. How did a verse about, about a guy who basically continue, goes into this to Tamar's room and has intercourse with her. He actually is having sex with her. He just pulls out every time. And how does the, how is that equated with masturbation? I really I tell you what, if that's what masturbation was, whoa, whoa wow, that would be amazing. This, this, this but that's is, not masturbation at all. It's not masturbation. He has sex with her. What he's what he's condemned for is not masturbating. He's not in alone in his tent. Right? Thinking about Tamar masturbating, he's actually with Tamar, and that part is supposed to be okay, um, having sex with her. The part that he does wrong is that he just, at the end, he just uh, says, nope, and he pulls out. So yes. I, I don't understand how this ever got equated with that equals masturbation. It's really the money shot. It's the very first money <laughs> shot. It is, that, that's what it is. And and and, and I, the, the only thing that I could think of is that God, as the director of this film, <laughs> didn't say, all right, give me the money shot. That uh, was the only, the only fault in it. So, uh, yeah. Porn. Why did you pick, who picked this one? Matt, is this your choice? I, I picked this one. Well, and, and because for me, it was like, when I was first deconstructing, or even before I was, de well, I guess I was deconstructing. I was asking questions, right? And I grew up with a flat Bible, with literalism. Yeah. And basically, when I read the story, I looked at Onan, and I'm not trying to, like, demonize or, or, or put down anyone, but I'm like, I wouldn't do that with my sister-in-law, even if my brother died and I wasn't mad. I mean, I, I feel for the guy. And all of a sudden, he gets put to death by this, by this God who's like, no, you can't do that. 
And I'm like, he just puts him to death for pulling out. So I'm like, I, I would do this. I would do the same thing. Like, I'm not. I don't want. I don't want to be obligated to bear someone's child. You know what I mean? Like, so I was just like, okay, if this is the option of who God is, I'm out. I'm an atheist. God doesn't exist. Like God's a monster. I'm done. He did, he's, he's just offing people. This is worse than the Godfather. Like he's just offing people left and right. And and the, just the way the story reads, it's just like and then and then he and then he spilled a seed on the ground. God killed him. It's just so quick. It's just like hold on. God killed yeah, him for that. But, but here's the thing, though. I mean, it's not. It's not just that he pulled out. Here's the thing. So you're right. He didn't want he it on the ground. Take, he didn't want the responsibility of fathering and taking care of these children that might be born as a result. Then he should of it. pull out. But he sure wanted to have sex with her. Like here's the thing. Like, ah, he didn't want, there you okay. go. Right. If he didn't want, if he didn't want, he's like, if he's thinking to himself, you know what? I don't want to take it to, to have the responsibility of raising these kids that are not my kids, then don't have sex with her at all. Well, okay, I, I can like, see that. I, I, I get to go in there and have sex with her. I just get to pull out and not have responsibility. Okay, That's okay. the bad part. Okay, but he said, okay, so even if he's bad, like, I agree with you there. Like, okay. But but then, but then it's the God next. It's just, God, so God killed him. I'm like, a lot of people do bad shit. God is like, God's going around killing people. Yeah, why is God killing people now? Exactly. Like, what's yeah, going exactly. on? Like, what's going on right now with all the bad people? A lot why of are bad they, people. Why are they just dropping dead? Every male porn star should be struck dead by that standard. That's exactly right. Where, exactly. Why isn't God striking people dead anymore? So with re, uh, with respect to Keith's first question, this is yeah right. This is this isn't masturbation the way we think of masturbation. Um, so someone not how Matt, I masturbate personally. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Matt very very helpfully put together this uh, quick kind of history of interpretation I around put a the target story. On the ceiling. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right reorient here okay <laughs> so yeah matt uh thank you for putting together this history of interpretation and matt went goes through like jerome and epiphanius and clement uh of alexandria calvin john wesley like uh, i mean covering like 1700 years here and it seems to me and just kind of uh glancing through this that the sin is spilling the seed Right. It's yeah, not. Yeah. And so that gets so that gets equated to either like this withdrawal. I mean, that's a term we use. That's not a term they would have used um, and male masturbation. So my question is, does this give women a pass? Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. No seeds spilled. Oh, of course. Yeah. This right. that only cares about so, men. How many women? <laughs> how many women? How many women does God strike dead for masturbating? Zero. Ladies. Uh, let's just say you've heard it women were masturbating. Yeah. You've heard it here first. <laughs> you what? have heard it here. Get after it. Women yeah. have been masturbating for thousands of years, and as far as we can tell, certainly never recorded in the Bible. God never struck any of those women down, ladies. Well, go we'll go on it. record. John Calvin endorses your masturbation. That's right. Go for it. It's it kind of basically that? saying it's totally fine with it. Well, him. it's it's not gonna be a mystery to any woman listening to this uh episode that women's pleasure is not always prioritized. <laughs> throughout yeah. history um, and so yeah so right so wait, we we have some makeup work to do the uh, answer here. Is clear. who came first whoa there. wow so, yeah so uh, but, um one thing you know one thing that's kind of a, occurring to me is um well I, i'm curious how often you all have actually heard this story in connection with the sort of injunction not to masturbate not to self-pleasure. I have yeah. and I haven't. Probably, oh, yeah. yeah. When I that, was, was, that was exactly what I was given. Yeah. To, this, this story. Yeah. yeah. When I was in youth group, yeah, as, as, a, as a teenager, I know at least once my youth pastor 
reference this story as the reason why God doesn't like masturbation. But again, that, here's the thing. That's not what the point is. If I'm following what's happening right in the Jewish culture, in the Jewish tradition, if your brother dies and, he's, and he has not fathered any children, your job as his brother is to father children with his wife so that he will have a progeny that will continue forward. And that what God was angry about was not merely, oh, you, your semen fell on the ground. That's not what God cares about. Do it on the what ground. God cares about is you're not fulfilling this, this duty that you have to your brother and to the family name and all the, and even to the woman, right? To the wife that she would have children because in that culture, it was a big deal for a woman to bear children. And so again, it's sort of like you're stepping up and you're doing something um, that's a good thing, that's a blessing for your your brother's wife, and that she would have children to raise, she wouldn't be ashamed, and all that. And and that's what God's angry about. God's angry that he that he was refusing to fulfill that, but at the same time that he was ingratiating himself. Oh, but watch this! I love I love Katie's uh, take on this about Tamar being the the, the hero of the story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because totally. Here's the thing, right? Onan spills it, he throws it on the ground, right? And he, <laughs> and he gets struck down because of it, right? Tamar, on the other hand, goes and seduces Judah and has twins. And but God doesn't say a thing. God is cool with that. God's cool yeah. with it. God's like, God's like, yeah, girl, you get yeah, yours. You go, yeah. girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. What else am I supposed to think? God, girl power. God only jumps in. First of all, doesn't it say he struck um, Omar's brother dead because he was evil? Dead, right? Just Isn't that what happened? Yeah. So, yeah. so God, yeah. God's striking people dead left and right. So, so Omar's brother, that guy, oh, screw God's like, screw that guy. He's dead. Boom. And then, then Omar goes in like, he's not doing what God wants him to do. Oh, you know what, dude? You're dead too. Boom. And then Tamar goes and like, hey, I'm going to take care of myself. And God's like, good job, girl. There you go. We, we did it. We made we it happen. Teamwork makes yeah. it work. There's no condemnation at all in this story about of prostitution, of sort of feigning prostitution, of you know, sex outside of marriage for Tamar and for Judah. I mean, all of that seems to be par for the course. It seems to be just reflecting the every everyday life. Um, but you kind of what's you know, I'm, I'm sort of attentive, I think, to um, Matt's reflection, you know, Matt, to your reflection earlier that you were like, what the when you were deconstructing or before that, you're like, what the hell? Like, yeah. What's what's happening here? And so, you know, I wonder if it would just be helpful to kind of try to get into the mindset of the ancient Israelite story a little bit. Like, what is what is being communicated in this story? Uh, I think we're, we seem to all be agreed that it's not a condemnation of masturbation. Not at all. Well, you know, if you if you spill it on the ground, you know, you know, they, 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 maybe it was because he didn't put the sign down that says the, the floor is slippery when wet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, but, um, isn't it odd, though? It's kind of, to me, it's just odd. Like when you read these kind of things in the Bible, like, OK, so God is so angry at this particular guy on this particular occasion that he puts this particular guy to death. Can you think of, is he the only guy who's doing this? I'm sure there's guys spilling their seed all over hey, the place in socks I, and handkerchiefs and, you know, baloney and all kinds of stuff. No, and God struck dead. Why? What's going on? What, what about David? What about Solomon? Right, I mean, right, guys, the, the, we right. knew that they were getting busy like Dizzy. Yeah. God doesn't okay. strike David dead. That's right. No. Well, that's, a, that's the thing. I can only read this allegorically. Like, I right. can't read this literally. No. If, if yeah, I no. do, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's so because you're a sane, rational human being, and not <laughs> well, for the most, and not a Bible humper. That's your problem for the, for the most part. So, if, I think if we if we kind of get into the mindset of the ancient, you know, ancient Israelite culture, and we and we're not reading this literally, I think the story is hysterical. The story well, it's is funny it to me be, now. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's actually a funny campfire story. So they're like, and God struck him dead, and God struck him dead. I think that's just supposed to be like, the, and once upon a time, it's just it's how you get rid of like characters, right? right. It's not it's not supposed to be literal. It's not even. Yeah, I mean, we can read it as violence, but I think it's also just like they were wicked. Meh. They were wicked. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Keith was referring to this um, law uh, known as Leverett marriage, where if a um, male dies or if a husband dies and has no children, then the nearest uh, brother is supposed to take the wife. And the first child that's born of that union will legally belong to the deceased brother, um, establishing family line, establishing uh, inheritance. So it's really for the purposes of inheritance. So we see a, an example of the story in the story of Ruth. Mm. When Malon dies, Ruth and Naomi journey to Bethlehem, and then eventually, through all the shenanigans, Ruth marries uh, Boaz. And the first child is Naomi's grandchild um, through Malon. So we see this kind of working. We see an example in the story of Ruth where this seems to work. But one, uh, when I was doing a little bit of research on this story, it could be that this story was written as a critique against that law. The ancient, some ancient people were saying this law is actually, it's functional in some ways. Like in the story of Ruth, it functions the, the way, like quote unquote, the way it's supposed to. Um, but as you, as I was listening to you all talk, sort of giving a 21st uh, century critique of um, responsible fatherhood, um, that, you know, we may see some of that um, in this story. So this story could be read as a protest against that law. Um, and the story might be written in a way to say, like, actually, none, like, none of this is necessary. And really, Tamar is more than capable of taking care of herself. Yeah, as we can see. Yes, she certainly right. is. Very, wow. very resourceful, very creative and ingenuitive. And and, and listen, she doesn't get one. She gets two kids out of it, right? She has twins. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, I wonder on. about the people who like, you know, if you're reading this story and you're someone who can't have kids. Right. Like, like, how does that work out too? Because you go through some of these, um, you know, I was looking at some of these theologians, all men, of course, uh, throughout the history and their interpretation of it. Clement, to have coitus other than to procreate children is to do injury to nature. Well, what if you can't have, I mean, I know people who can't have kids. That's right. So they would read themselves into the story. What if, what if Onan uh, couldn't have kids and the story reads as though he was like pulling out, but maybe he just couldn't have kids and that's right. how they tell the story. Right. Like, oh, he must've been pulling out. They didn't understand biology then, right? Oh, and then well, God, the moral. Maybe, like infertility, you mean? Right. right. Okay. Like you got no sperm count. The moral so, of the story is life begins at erection. <laughs> I don't know about that. But. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just feel for people like that who read the story and it's like, uh, you know, you hear these theologians who are like, oh, to, you know, the only point in having sex, we hear it all the time. We still hear it today in the 21st mm -hmm. century. The yep. only point, the only point for sex is, is to procreate. It's like, okay, so I guess when you're older you and you can't have kids, you might as well stop having sex. I guess all these people are not getting blowjobs. You know, all these, you know, it's like, I, I kind of think that you're talking, you're full of shit. I call BS on that, but you know, whatever. Man, I, I have to tell you that during my teenage years, there were so many times when I just thought I was going to be struck dead. Just, you know. Oh my gosh, yes. 
threw it on the ground. But you know what, though? I mean, I, I guess it, luckily that for me, when I was a teenager, you know, yeah, I heard that, I heard that verse used um, uh, as sort of like, the, oh, God really hates masturbation and all that kind of stuff. But again, who knows? Maybe by that time I had masturbated so many times and I was still alive that I figured, eh, that's got to be bullshit because yeah. hey, I'm, I'm still alive. It must not be that bad. Uh, I don't think that verse means what you think it means. But um, yeah, I, I, I love what you're saying too, Matt. Like the way the, when you can read how Clement of Alexandria and all these different other theologians throughout history, and even up to today, right? There's there's pastors in the pulpit today that are using, the youth pastors today, they're using these kind of scriptures to uh, hold it over teenagers and tell them that masturbation is dirty and evil and God hates it and God's going to strike you dead and all that kind of stuff. Like, I wonder... It, it's, it's just bullshit. Is that what Elton John meant when he said, I'm still standing? <laughs> maybe. You know, have maybe. We'll have to have him on the show. I don't know, maybe just, he can be a, uh, maybe we can summon the spirit. I don't, I don't remember no, if uh, I, <laughs> yeah, he's not dead. His astral self. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I don't remember. I, did you guys ever read every young man's battle? I don't remember if this story was used in there. That was basically this, you know, the book on how not well, to masturbate. And it, it, that's a great title. Um, the, it's it, a terrible you know, book. It, it sounds horrible. It's awful. Um, and, and girls don't get, the, girls don't get quite the same talk. All right, because like the consequences, there's no seed spilling, like like we said before. Um, so there, it's part of it's sort of probably part of the general kind of co-ed talk about it. But like, I don't think teen girls get quite the same emphasis. There's more emphasis, of course, on purity and on saving yourself and all of that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, with um, uh, with respect to kind of questions about fertility, infertility, and is that reflected in the story? Um, it, definitely, it could be. The uh, we see throughout scripture what I call um, the holy hoo ha that women like women's vaginas are treasured for their ability to bear children, and then we get a lot of magical babies. Um, so Tamar doesn't really have magical babies; she has babies because of her. Um, liaison with Judah, but like when we get stories about like Sarah or Hannah or Elizabeth and even Mary who have children through extraordinary means, we see a lot of examples of holy hoo-ha, uh, their magical hoo-ha, uh, babies and vaginas. <laughs> and this drives me crazy because there's such an emphasis on like motherhood and today's Christian circles. And so I, I got Keith to laugh. So I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, take it. a little pride in that one. The gospel um, according to little Kim. <laughs> exactly. So one of the things I really like about the Tamar story, and one of the reasons I think she's the, uh, the heroine of the story, um, is because there's not, there's no like magic sex here. She's not trying to get pregnant, even though she's 110. She's not pregnant because of a, um, a holy hoo-ha gone encounter. She's not pregnant because she prayed on her knees for decades and decades and decades. Uh, and promised, around and promised to give right? up that baby to God, right? Yeah, exactly. She's pregnant because she seduced her father-in-law because she had to, because that's her only way to self-protection. Um, so also the way, um, so, it, you know, with respect to infertility, I think that's really important. And um, I just wrote an endorsement of a book that should be out really soon on uh, women in the Bible who are not mothers. And motherhood is not emphasized. It's fabulous. So yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to maybe see if we can get her on um, at some point too, who wrote this book. Um, but uh, with Tamar, I love it that she has children because she's, um, she's, it's, 
regular old sexual encounter. And in fact, Judah tries to um, kind of up his game and he goes back and forth between the word that he calls her. So when uh, when it's reported to him that his daughter-in-law Tamar has played the part of the prostitute, um, he goes and he's he's keeps on kind of like searching for her. And when it talks about their liaison, the word for prostitute that's used is just the regular word for prostitute. But when he goes and says, has anyone seen the temple prostitute walking around here. So he makes her a little more upper class when he's retelling the story. Ah. And so we also see some class issues here too, right? And Judah trying to make himself um, a little more elite than he probably was. Right. Oh, I didn't have sex with some common prostitute. No, no, no. I didn't just find some girl in the woods. (laughs) It was an escort. It was an escort. Yeah, it was a service. It was a service. A, These people, and, they fed everybody. They're, you yeah. know. Yeah, and dedication the to the goddess. <laughs> yeah, right? And so. Yes, it was um, holy. It was holy. It was a temple thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was some holy hunana. Holy Exactly. Hunana. Oh, man. Yeah. And so it's it's like, you know, it, I guess it kind of boils down to, right? Like, um, there are these weird verses in the Bible, and you see how people take things like this, a scripture like this, and use it as an opportunity to, again, typically using fear um, and, you know, some, to manipulate people to like, see, this is an example and the Bible says this, it's in the Bible and the word of God says that God struck this man dead because he spilled his seed on the ground. So, okay, boys, you better, if you start spilling your seed on the ground, you better watch out Your God's going to get you. Um, it's just, it's horrible to me, like how, how this happens and, and, and how it's all out of context. It has nothing to do with what the Bible actually says, although it is still kind of a weird verse. It really is to, when you're reading along in the Bible and you kind of go, whoop, what, what's going on here? That's, it's, it is a strange verse. It's well, yeah. It is super strange. Sorry, Matt. Oh, no, I was just quickly going to say it's super strange, but it's only harmful if we don't read it. I mean, if we, if, if we. If we see the Bible as some sort of moral guidebook or moral authority where everything is weighted, th- I mean, yep. ancient stories from thousands of years ago are going to sound weird to us. Right. I mean, that's just the way it is. And I, I mean, I'm cool with it. I don't need to wrestle with it. Like this, this has no authority in my life in terms of like, oh, well, I, where am I going to come today? I, I better make sure that it's, <laughs> gen, I'm a Genesis 38 comer. <laughs> So can we, I think you touched on something that I, I just want to say this. I don't think I've ever talked about this. Or we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but um, this, 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 this whole idea of the Bible being this sort of a guidebook for how to live my life. Like, oh, I've got to make an important decision in my life. So quick, let me just grab the Bible and flip through the pages and I'm going to find the answer. Like, I, I just want to tell you, I have never done that once in my entire life. I have never, ever ever oh, I did. decided, made a decision in my life, an important decision in my life, and by flipping through the Bible to find an answer, ever. Now, I might have prayed about it. No, I, I, I did. did. I did. I never looked at, okay, what did you do? Because like, I, I don't know people that do this. To me, this sounds really weird. What I mean, have you done? I mean, you know, the whole thing about, about finding a wife, you know, that that was that was one thing, and then uh, uh, about about being chased sexually and all, all of these different things. There's a lot of stuff, man. I w- I literally went back to the Bible and said, "Okay, what does the Word of God have to say about this?" God, God. 
And, and, okay, and, and, well, I mean, listen, I mean, you know, you may not have, Keith, but I can tell you that you're probably in the minority among Christian men. Probably. I mean, so I guess, okay, so maybe, maybe we should make a distinction. I mean, I certainly have, I certainly have used my understanding of the Bible to have an opinion about something or a view about something because, well, I think, because at the time I believed the Bible taught this, right? And then I, then, then, then over time, like if I, if my view of what the scripture was saying changed, I said, oh, you know what? It doesn't say that. I, I've studied it some more and I've changed my mind. I d- I've done that. I have changed my mind about things based on whatever at the moment I thought the Bible was saying or not saying. But what I'm saying is like, in those moments of literally like, I need to make a decision about my life. I'm going to now make a decision based only on what the Bible says. I don't think I've ever done that. Maybe I mean, I like, I, so maybe I'm splitting hairs. I, you're right. I, I have done things like, um, because I believe certain things that, and I believe them because they were in the Bible, those beliefs have influenced my behaviors in the past. And those are things that mostly I regret now. Uh, things that I've had to go back to my, my children and t- tell my sons, Hey, I'm really sorry that I acted that way or reacted that way, uh, when you were growing up. But I, I have to explain that I did that because at the time, I believed that, you know, you were going to burn in hell forever. Uh, I don't anymore. I'm really sorry, but I want you to understand why I did it. It doesn't change the fact that what I did was horrible and I shouldn't have done it. So, I mean, there are those kinds of moments. But I guess I've never used the Bible, that's what I'm saying. I've never used the Bible as sort of a guidebook of like, what am I going to do today? Let me flip open the Bible. No, right here it says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 6, that this is what I should do today. Like, you know what I mean? I've never used the Bible that way. That's weird to me. Well, not going to spill my seed there. Nope, can't do that. <laughs> Katie, Katie, you had something? Well, yeah. when I, yeah, no, I, I appreciate the conversation because I, I think my relationship with the Bible is, um, like everyone's complex and, and nuanced, and sometimes I don't know what I'm doing until long after the fact, right? But I, I, I do take the biblical witness um, into account, not for my daily life. Like, like Keith, I don't, when I was, I think when I was a teen, I probably was a little more obsessed with that kind of thing. But I, I think the stories kind of, permeate me in a way that um, impact me, but I'm in dialogue with them rather than in, uh, under authority of them. Right. right. They're conversation partners with me. Yeah. Um, and so are many other things. It's not the only thing that's a conversation partner. But when we, it was interesting because when I, I just did some quick Google searches about like Onan and masturbation and um, it, it does come up in some of the sort of warnings about not, ma- not masturbating. Like it's, you know, I saw a blog entries or whatever, that was an absolute no, but it was almost always set in a series of proof texted verses. So it'd be one among many. And then there would be like a verse about the body as the temple. And then there'd be a verse about respecting and a verse about like, it's usually about your wife. Like you need to save your, all I don't know, save all your holy seed for your wife or something like that. And so it was this kind of like series of self-respect verses. And this one would get thrown in there. And then sometimes it didn't at all. So yeah, there's no verse like in the Bible that's condemning or not condemning of masturbation in and of itself. And so this is, you know, I think part of the conversation for me uh, of being a really explicit sex positive believer like I'm a, that's something I promote. Like it's something I, I don't actively do education on it, but it's something I, that is part of the fabric of what I do is sex positivity. Um, and so, you know, using verses like Onan to promote self-hatred 
really, which is what anti-masturbation education is. Um, it's promoting um, hatred of our own bodies. To me, is totally antithetical to the witness of Scripture. Yeah. To me, the witness of Scripture is that we are made in the image of God. And that part of that is ple- healthy pleasure. So y'all, you, you all know what I mean, right? I'm not talking about addictions. I'm not talking about um, misuse of masturbation, but as a healthy part of self-expression. Yeah, what the hell do you Absolutely. think the Big Bang is? <laughs> I'm giving that one all the respect that it's due. That was nice, Derek. That was very nice. <laughs> hey, now, it's just deadpan, too. Just deadpan. Beautiful. Well, do we do we have anything uh, else to add to this lovely story? I think we kicked it off with a bang today. I have one other tidbit. Uh, when Tamar is delivering her twins, uh, their names are Peretz and Zara. And there's this fun little punny story. Um, and so she uh, she's delivering twins and the midwife, uh, one's hand comes out first and she ties a crimson thread on it. Oh, yeah. And then he he draws his hand back. So this is all this is the real weird part of the story to me, because I don't think this typically happens in twin does this, births. Does this happen? Uh, this is bizarre. I, I, it's a holy hoo-ha story. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's kind of bizarre, right? So one twin sticks his hand out, gets the red uh, cord tied around it. And then the other twin uh, is born first because he doesn't have the red thread. Um, but the one that is uh, born uh, first is named Peretz, which is uh, the word means breach. And so it's this punny little story because she's having like this breach birth. Uh, with hands go with hands coming out before heads. How is uh, yeah? How is that even possible? So it's not. Baby, I think this is biologically not possible. It's but it's part of the fun story. If one baby makes it down the birth canal uh, far enough to put their hand out, and then they get yeah. the other one pulls them back in, that and helps. then says no, and then jumps ahead. That's impossible. I don't think that's possible. Yeah. We'll have to check with no BGYN, but it doesn't sound. <laughs> you know sound the the whole red thread thing that has to do with the Kabbalah. Oh, really? Yeah. Or the Kabbalah interprets this. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, 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 the red thread has something to do with Kabbalah. I, I don't have all of the information in front of me, but it does. That's yeah, well, This is written way before the Kabbalah came into existence. It but is. Does yeah. the Kabbalah take, the, but does. I think what you're saying, yes. the Kabbalah takes the story and runs with it. That's correct. Oh, fine, yeah. fine. I didn't know that. That's cool. But um, the Hebrew language is super punny. It makes little internal jokes all the time. So this is one of those jokes. Peretz, mm. the kid named Peretz is the one that was breach. And that name means breach. So it's also part of the wit of the story. I think we see Tamar as a very, she's very witty. She's very shrewd. Um, she, she takes care of herself. And even in her children's names, we have this little joke mm. at the end. It, it also makes you wonder, like, um, like, why would the midwife, like, you know what I mean? Think about it. You're a midwife. You, you, do, you do births all the time. And, and, and so the baby's coming out and then you've got a red thread in your hand ready to go. (laughs) And the minute any, anything comes out, you quickly tie a red thread around it because you're ready for the possibility that it might pull back in. And then you don't want to, you don't want to get it wrong about which one was first. Like it just seems really odd that anybody would even be ready (laughs) for the thread. Like almost like you knew it was going to happen. I don't even, uh, uh, the story doesn't. Maybe, they were, maybe they're going to put the, the red thread around the baby's head like a baby Rambo or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Again, not a literal story. Not a literal story. It, I think it, it's supposed to show it, something about Tamar. It could be Dwight Schrute told Michael <laughs> Scott to bring a Sharpie to mark the baby. That would make more sense. And, yes. Yeah, there you go. Well, if you've enjoyed this, God bless you. Um, all you wonderful <laughs> listeners. <laughs> You're a special if you, 
you're you're a special type of person. We thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to, if you want to, at this point, go on over to our website, heretichappyhour.com. Of course, all of our episodes are going to be there. We also have a a store with lots of merch and swag. We've got a bookstore as well from uh, many of our lovely heretics of the week, not including Marcion, because apparently what I learned today, he didn't write any books. So we don't have his books for sale. But most heretics of the week, 15% off, helps the show. It helps your pocketbook, heretichappyhour.com. We would also love for you to join Heresy After Hours. It's our Facebook group. we got a couple of thousand heretics. Marcion's not on in there yet, but you never know. He might make a guest appearance after this episode, uh, drop some knowledge on everyone. Um, it's, a, it's a really cool place. Lots of lively conversations happening uh, every day. So come join Heresy After Hours and uh, yeah, join in the fun there. And you know what? If you love the Heretic Happy Hour podcast and you just have this feeling deep inside you, you're like, you know what? I love it so so much. I just, what can I do to express the love that I have for this podcast? Well, boys and girls, people, I am here to tell you the, the best thing you can do is you can go over to patreon.com slash heretic happy hour and you could become a patron. Think about that. You could support the heretic happy hour podcast and Really, no matter what tier you sign up for, you're going to get so many wonderful blessings, including bonus episodes, bonus interview footage. Um, we're, we're dropping stuff in there all the time. It's really good. You got to go check it out. And trust me, you will, you will win not only, um, really good fuzzies. You'll feel really good about yourself. You'll, you'll wake up in the morning the next day and you'll say, you know what? I'm a good person. I've done good things. I've, I, <laughs> I, I've made, I've made the world a better place. And not only that, you'll also make us really, really happy, and uh, we will love you and even more. And uh, you'll also get access, on top of that, to the private, exclusive uh, Facebook group called the Heretic Happy Hour Podcast Facebook group, uh, in addition to all the other bells and whistles and wonderful goodies that are available to you there on Patreon. And we appreciate you all very, very much for your support. Thank you. And if you enjoy this podcast, and your time of coitus with these awesome heretics. <laughs> don't throw well, it on the ground. It's don't, not that kind of podcast. Don't, don't throw it on the ground. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Give us, it's a metaphor. Give, give us a five-star rating. Finish the, finish the deed. Finish the deed. Finish. Finish. Five stars on iTunes. <laughs> don't throw it on the ground. Don't throw it on the ground, boys and girls. Please don't do that.